Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. This is free game. So think about all of your competitors or influencers. If they are running ads, you can now see all of their active ads. And if they're active, they're probably working for them in some way. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Perpetual Traffic podcast. This is Ralph Burns and I'm alongside my awesome co-host, Molly Pittman. Molly, how the heck are you? Doing wonderful. How are you, Mr. Ralph? I am doing just fine on this 4th of July week. How was the 4th of July festivities for all the Pittmans? Wonderful, wonderful. Fireworks and a few drinks. So it was a good time. How about yours? Pretty much the same. Yeah. (laughs) It was weird to have it Wednesday this year, but you know, it split up the week. It was kind of cool. We had the drinks first and then we had the fireworks. Oh, that's how they do it in Boston. Today, we're actually going to be talking about some stuff which is a little bit political as we're talking about our 4th of July, Independence Day here in the United States. Nice tie in there. But also some big changes that Facebook, we were talking before the show here, it's almost like there's so many new changes happening in the last week or two that we almost can't even fit them all into one episode. But we're going to focus on the one today, that's a biggie. Yeah. And it's one that folks in the agency have been talking about for quite some time, ever since they rolled it out, what, about a week or two ago, maybe about a week and a half ago? June 28th, so a little over a week. Yeah. And this is Facebook's repeated or continued attempts to have more transparency on the platform. This is a direct outgrowth of the Cambridge Analytica situation. We are not talking about a scandal at all. Correct, Molly? Right. No scandals. (laughs) There's no scandal. There is no scandal. If you have questions about the Cambridge Analytica situation, you might want to go back to episode 143, as well as episode 144 on perpetual traffic, 
where our on-staff philosopher, Dan, talks about Cambridge Analytica and the importance of really understanding exactly what went on. And this was actually interesting because at a 4th of July celebration party, as well as at a graduation party, I actually talked to a number of different people about this, and there's still a lot that is misunderstood about what exactly happened with Cambridge Analytica. We're not going to get into the details here, but definitely go back to those two episodes and get a better understanding of what is happening. But what we're going to be talking about today is a direct outgrowth of that situation, as well as Mr. Zuckerberg showing up in front of both the Senate and the Congress, right? And their repeated attempts to make the Facebook platform as transparent as possible to their user base with the understanding that, yeah, they have to serve two masters here. They have to serve both their user base and make sure that the user base is happy and satisfied and the experience is really ideal for them so they continue to come back, but also marrying that with their advertisers. And we, as two of them here, on this podcast, it's really important to be able to balance the two. So obviously the advertising component is not going to work unless you actually have happy and growing user base. So Facebook has seemed like they really do want to take a leadership position in privacy as well as transparency with advertising. And if you've been a listener of this podcast for any time, you realize that it is the best advertising platform in the world, we think, between Facebook, Instagram, audience network, as well as Messenger now, that because of its targeting, because of the fact that there's 2.1 billion active users, if you want to get in front of your audience, Facebook is the place to do it. So this is sort of a reaction by Facebook, probably to the extreme, I would say, initially, but probably a good thing in general for the internet. And we'll be talking about one of those new features today, as well as some other sorts of things that have come up. It's also a really cool competitive analysis tool that most people probably won't even know are there. So yeah, really excited to talk about that. Well, Ralph, I think you had a little announcement about Tier 11. How about that? Well, yeah, Tier 11 is growing yet again. We are hiring ads managers. So if you are looking to, in some cases, make multiple six figures at the top end, if you're really good at what you're doing, Or if you just want to get involved with an agency that's fast growing and at the tip of the spear here with regard to Facebook and Instagram advertising, we start everyone who ends up managing accounts, we call them account managers, at an entry-level position, which is known as an ads manager. And we are hiring ads managers right now for Q3. If you've submitted your name previously or you've gone through our process, I think our filters have been pretty good at really getting the cream of the crop of folks that are out there that are really looking to work with our agency. But if you are interested, go to tier11.com forward slash jobs. That's tier 11, spell it all out. We'll put this in the show notes as well. Forward slash jobs. If you are interested in becoming an ads manager, or at least initially interview, we've got a couple of different steps that we go through before you actually get to talk to somebody live. But Nonetheless, we're growing and looking to add some top quality peeps. Awesome. I just wanted to let everyone know, I can't remember if I've mentioned it on the podcast yet, 
Minichat is going to have a messenger marketing conference in Austin in September, which is really exciting. So it's September 22nd and 23rd. If you want to learn more, it's at conversationsconference.com. So that's what we're calling it. It's a messenger marketing and bot conference. We just signed Ryan Dyson to speak. The first day is going to be a lot of strategy. We're going to have some faces from from some big companies that you guys might know that we might be talking about on this podcast. And then day two is going to be all case studies. So people sharing what they've done with Messenger. And then in the afternoon, we're going to have a really long session for agencies to teach agencies how to add bots as a service to their company. So conversationsconference.com, it's only $247 a ticket right now, but the price does go up on the 13th. So looking forward to having you guys there. Yeah. We actually will be there. The entire Tier 11 team, I Woo! think, will actually be in attendance. And those are wicked cheap tickets, Molly. I think yeah. you guys should actually charge like <laughs> 10 times that. Well, the goal of this is just to get people in the room. So we probably should, but we just want <laughs> as many people to come as can make it. Once again, the website that they need to go to is? Conversationsconference.com. So let's talk about transparency, Ralph. Yeah, let's get right into it. Okay, so Facebook on their newsroom.facebook.com, they released June 28th. It's an article. It says a new level of transparency for ads and pages. Today, we're making significant steps to bring more transparency to ads and pages on Facebook, giving people more information about any organization and the ads it's currently running will mean increased accountability for advertisers helping to prevent abuse on Facebook. View active ads. You can now see the ads a page is running across Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, and our partner network, even if those ads aren't shown to you. Just log into Facebook, visit any page, and select info and ads. You'll see ad creative and copy, and you can flag anything suspicious by clicking on report ad more page information. You can also learn more about pages, even if they don't advertise. For example, you can see any recent name changes and the date the page was created. We'll be adding more page info in the coming weeks. So this is a really big deal, guys. Basically, if you go to a page, right now I'm on desktop. So if you go to a Facebook page, there's that menu on the left-hand side. It has home, post, videos, photos, different for each page. But at the bottom, click on info and ads. And when you do so, you can see every active ad that that page is currently running based off of country. Again, pretty crazy. I have lots of thoughts about this. But the first, of course, as a marketer is competitive analysis. You know, we talk a lot about interest targeting on this show and how you really have to do research to figure out where your people are hanging out. We talk a lot about the example of the golf market. And if you wanted to target golfers, you would target companies that make different golf gear. You would target different golf associations, different tournaments that are going on. You would target different golfers. Well, I'm really thinking the same thing here in terms of research. But for me, this is now copy and creative research. 
So I even have my cousin who's in college now for my clients. I've given him a list of who we're targeting in terms of interest. He's going in to see which of these people have Facebook pages. And then if they're running ads, basically creating a huge document of all of the ads that we're running and then assessing what the similarities are between them. So guys, think about we've been keeping swipe files for years and you only can add to the swipe file if you happen to be targeted with that ad and are fast enough to take a screenshot, right? And then it goes into the swipe file. This is free game. So think about all of your competitors or influencers or anyone who is speaking to the same audience that you are. If they are running ads, you can now see all of their active ads. And if they're active, they're probably working for them in some way. So obviously, Facebook created this for the end user, for someone who's scrolling through the newsfeed, maybe they see an ad from a company that they don't like, but for some reason the ad disappears or later they think about it and they want to report it. Well, they can now go back to the page and report that ad or see if the messaging is congruent throughout the ads that that page has produced. But there's also, which I don't think is going to be a huge deal. I don't think most consumers are even going to know this is here, honestly. And if you're doing the right thing and running ads with integrity, you don't have anything to worry about. But from a marketing side, I just think this is so exciting because there's so much research that we can do now in terms of what our competitors and other people in our market, what's working for them right now. So this is, I think, one of those transparency improvements, depending on how you kind of look at it. In this way, I think it is an improvement because like you said, the average user on Facebook won't know this, but us as advertisers will know this. So it can work in both ways. I mean, the door does swing in both ways. So first off, you can see what your competitor is doing, but then again, your competitor can see what you're doing. And it's all right there, right when you go back onto the page. The key part to this is that you really don't know which active ads are the ones that are actually performing because there is no social proof. There's no shares, likes, any of that sort of stuff on the ads that you actually look at. But the point is, is that it could be a really great warehouse for you or a swipe file for you to get awesome ideas for ad copy for products in a related niche or your product. Or if you're an agency using this as a targeting tool, totally tremendous way of doing it. And I love the idea that you had of actually getting somebody to be able to create your own swipe file based upon different pages, Molly. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, totally. Think about when I sit down, especially in a new market or even trying to create new campaigns to freshen things up, what helps me most is looking at what other people are doing, right? Sure. So if you have someone on your team or even outsourcing someone on Upwork that does research, just type in research in Upwork, most of them would be able to, if you guide them in the right direction and tell them your market and give them some examples of pages, you know, just sort of have them go hog wild and aggregate all of those into one place so that you can just go scroll through all of these ads and get inspiration at any moment. So there is another portion to this where you can actually do some interesting research. So once you actually click on the info and ads section on the left-hand side on desktop, you can also go over to the right-hand side and look at the ads with political content. 
button. Mm. So this is a new thing. And I hadn't noticed that until you pointed that out, Ralph. Tell us, what what is that? So this is another improvement, as you will, towards getting more transparency, especially related to political ads. So as we all know, there were, if you've been listening to this podcast, there were a fair <laughs> amount of political ads that were run in the 2016 presidential campaign, as well as the whole thing with Cambridge Analytica was surrounding some measure of usage of political advertising. One of the big parts, if you actually are an advertiser or you are a politician seeking office or you're an agency representing somebody that is seeking office or represent a political cause, advertisers wanting to run ads on Facebook that include political content in the U.S. will actually need to verify their identity and location. So once again, this is an effort to making ads and pages more transparent. So if you do have that page and you are advertising political content, make sure that you verify your identity and location on your page. And we'll leave some specific instructions in the show notes from the newsroom at Facebook to help you guys do that. So how we've seen this, which is kind of interesting, is that if you're running any ads that are related to what Facebook might deem as political issues, so I'm doing the little air quotes thingy, you may actually have your ads flagged by Facebook policy as being political. Now, this has actually been a huge pain in the butt for us in the last month and a half for some of our customers that are selling in the health and wellness and health and fitness industries where there's some relation to their ads, to losing weight or being overweight. Of course, we always run Facebook policy compliant ads, but they've been mistook as being political in nature. And if you've been reading any news on Facebook advertising recently in the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of rejections from Facebook policy that are a little bit embarrassing to Facebook, like Bush's baked beans on sale at Walmart for being labeled as political content. So George <laughs> Bush, you know, the Bush family and like a reverend by the last name of Clinton being flagged <laughs> as like against Facebook policy as political content. So I think Facebook is kind of working through the kinks on this one a bit, but Nonetheless, I think they really will figure it out over time. It's been totally. you know, a big pain for us because we run yeah. so many ads in so many different niches. But the point is, is that when you actually do your research on the individual page, if there is any politically related ad content, you can actually see that as well. So that's super interesting. But yeah. two things to keep in mind, some big changes in how they're affecting everything that you do as an advertiser here. You can also see if they've changed the name of the page. I don't know if that's hugely beneficial, but interesting. Ralph, this is a huge, I mean, I think about the way I teach Facebook ads. Well, just like I teach targeting, we can definitely use this info and ads tab as a way to teach people how to do their research for their creative and copy. Just to give you guys a specific example, I have a client that I was doing ads for this morning and I've been running ads for this client for a while. And you know, after a while, you have trouble coming up with ideas for ads, right? Uh, that's just part of it. Yeah. And so I went to one of their competitors and started scrolling through their ads. I now have a Google document 
of different ideas and I've already launched three of them and they were some simple things like some testimonial ads and I was like darn I haven't done any testimonial ads so I went over to Amazon grabbed some of the best testimonials threw in some gold star emojis we were good to go they were speaking to a completely different audience that I had never even thought of speaking to with this particular physical product so I launched an ad that specifically spoke to that person and why this product would help them. So this doesn't have to be a big ordeal. You don't have to create a huge document swipe file like I was talking about earlier. I just always get overexcited about this stuff. Mm. But in the least, use this as just a way to go browse. When you're browsing on Facebook, go browse your competitors' ads. Don't become obsessive or think you need to do exactly what they're doing. But also browse pages that aren't in your market, right? That's really where I learn the most from, honestly, is browsing other companies that are selling cool stuff that aren't in the markets I'm in, but that are just doing cool things with ads that I can then transition over into what I'm doing for my clients. So I think it's really exciting. I'm sure this will become a part of your all's process at the agency, Ralph. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, if you're looking for just going back to basics on how to do your Facebook ad targeting. This is actually episode 87 and going all the way back to episode eight. I'll bet you there's some gems in that one, Molly. I think that was one of yours. Yeah. Yeah. That episode was, uh, eight. Three years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but it is same concepts, you know, and those we're really talking about targeting, right? And researching different events in your market, books, magazines, influencers, anyone else that's speaking to your audience, same principle here. Yeah. And it's interesting that, I mean, I think we've talked about this here on the show, but this is one of the more basic principles that we always refer back to a lot is that when you're targeting on Facebook, you could certainly use all these tools without a doubt. It definitely gives you a really good directional way to start your campaigns. But you have to also remember that in order to really leverage the algorithm as best as you possibly can, you can't narrow your targeting too much. So there's such a thing as overlaying too many things. For example, if Molly is targeting people who read the Bible, love ESPN, and also wear khakis. <laughs> I don't even know who that person exists, but if you actually do what's referred to as flex targeting inside interest within your ad set, you can actually make your audience too small. So mm -hmm. I would highly and encourage specific. you and too specific, and you won't allow the algorithm to really do its work. The algorithm, Facebook algorithm, that is sort of the artificial intelligence or the machine learning that we rely on to make this platform as great as it is, relies on having larger audiences. So we typically yeah. will start with, for cold traffic, up to 20 million person audiences in many cases and get Facebook's algorithm to sort of circle the wagons around certain areas or certain subsets of those larger audiences in order to get conversions or get video views or get traffic or whatever our objective at our campaign is. So targeting is important, yes, but you can take it too far to the point where you're actually targeting too narrow and that might actually really hurt your ad costs, your cost per acquisition and how you run your business. Exactly. Yeah. I think that on the next episode, Ralph, we should definitely cover 
sort of an updated version of what does a proper Facebook campaign look like? Because a lot of this has changed. You know, I used to not launch a cold traffic ad to more than 500,000 people because Facebook just wasn't sophisticated enough to know who to target. Yeah. Well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, all these years have passed now. And every year, Facebook is getting smarter, not only smarter with their tool, but every day that passes, they're collecting more data on us as Facebook users, right? Every button you click, every move you make on Facebook, they are looking at that to see which ads to best show you. I've had similar experiences where now some of my ad sets to cold traffic, I'll start to 500,000 to a million people, but some of them are as big as 15 or 20 million. Um, And especially with a seasoned pixel and a conversion campaign, that can work really nicely. I just think this is a huge tool for us to be able to do research. And it also makes me happy because when I go to create uh, presentations and courses for you guys now, I don't have to ask all my friends for screenshots and go back to my swipe file. I can just go to the brands that I know are doing a good job. Oh, that's huge. But if you look, something that's fascinating that definitely isn't necessary when you're first starting, but really goes back to the idea that we've talked about throughout this show of there are different people that are going to resonate with different hooks and different even presentation of ad. And what I mean by that is image or video or they like emojis or they don't. And trying different variations of your ads. And I don't just mean changing the color of your creative, but like really trying different stuff how important that is for scale. And I go to look at these brands that I respect in terms of their ads. Like there's a company called Skinny Fit. Go look at all of the ads they're running to sell this one detox tea. I mean, they've got, I would say, almost 50 ads live right now. And again, you don't have to start with that many. I'm not saying you need 50 ads. I'm just saying you need to go look at their ads and see all of the different types of stuff they are doing. One of them is just a testimonial ad. Another one's just a list of benefits of their product with the bullet points as emojis so it stands out. Another testimonial ad here. They've got a sale ad running. They've got an ad running that speaks more to the end result. They have an ad running of someone actually scooping this stuff into a cup. I mean, they're trying everything. They're just appealing to so many different people with these ad variations. So only diving into this for a few days, that's been a big takeaway for me. Another company I really respect is Best Self. They have planners. And go check out their page. Same thing, just an array of ads. So I really highly encourage you guys to use this. I'm sure in the next few months, Ralph and I will have some sort of system we can teach you guys exactly you know, how to use it. But we just wanted to make you aware of this and for you to go start playing around with this. Great point. And if you do go around to some of these better advertisers, some of these guys are probably direct response or sort of a combination of brand and direct response. But either way, it's the diversity of types of ads that they're using is a huge takeaway from this. And Facebook tells us this when we meet with them every two weeks, if not you know, during the week of emails, is just to remind us to always, always, always be changing out, swapping, testing, 
new creatives. And there's a lot of different formats right now. And the ones that you might not think actually work, like the big old image ads, which when you click them, they show up as like a larger image, as opposed to going to a landing page or taking you off Facebook. Those are now working again. You know, it's like the old like 1200 by 628 link post ads. Yeah, those still work, but those look like ads and people are used to seeing them. When you actually look at a page like Best Self or you go to Skinny Fit, you see all kinds of different videos, like all different formats, 16 by 9, 9 by 16, 800 by 800. So just try as many different things as you can and realize that, you know, in order to stand out in the newsfeed, you have to really make your ads in general. And we've certainly found this is that you have to make them sort of blend in and kind of make them look like they are part of the newsfeed, part of the whole ecosystem. People don't post stuff on their own personal page that looks like an ad. So try not to look like an ad, but still you are an ad, which is fine. But the point is, is that with these larger brands, they really make a lot of different formats and that's how you keep your ads going. That's how you continue to get impressions. And that's how you end up achieving your business goals by using Facebook advertising as a tool to do that. So that should just about do it for this week's episode. And next week, we're going to take some of the things that we talked about here about how you actually structure campaigns here in July of 2018 and how Molly actually used a lot of different ad formats like we just discussed here on the show to really get some awesome results for a new customer of hers. Can't wait to delve into that next week. Right, Mal? Can't wait. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. So this has been episode 157. Make sure to check out the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Make sure you check out Molly's event. And if you're interested in working for tier 11, make sure you apply. So we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Bam. See ya. Appreciate you guys. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.